Good afternoon. You're listening to Artspind on Sin Nation with uh, myself, Christian, and I'm very happy to be joined here in the studio today by John Fleming, who's um, here to talk to us, uh, among many other things, but about his uh, returning to Melbourne show, James Taylor, Bittersweet and Low. So welcome to Artspind. Thank you. Thank you, Christian. It's great to be here on Sin FM. It's been a few years since I've been on the, the Sin Network, and I think mm. probably the last time I was on was with uh, Scared Weird Little Guys, which was my comedy group that I was in some years ago. Yeah. Oh, of course, right. And yeah, I can probably, because yeah, it's interesting that you called us you know, Sin FM, like we're Sin Media now. Oh, Sin Media. Oh, oh that's course. fine. Everyone makes that mistake. But yeah, it's been, yeah, we're on the digital national station now. So whereas, wow. yeah, so we have two now. Well, so, for all those people listening outside of Melbourne, I will be bringing my show to you eventually. <laughs> we can talk about that in a sec. Oh, sure, yeah. But yeah, could you tell us uh, a little bit about, I guess, what audiences can expect from um, this return to Melbourne season of um, yeah. James Taylor? Because it was... This is your second one? The first yes, one was 2015. That's right. November 2015, I performed this show at Chapel Off Chapel. So what it is, it's, mm. a, it's a musical performance. It's called James Taylor, Bittersweet and Low. And it's a, it's a biography show. I guess yeah, you'd call it a tribute show. So it's the mm. music of James Taylor. And um, he, of course, was a, a singer-songwriter from the late 60s and early 70s. He was American. And the show tells the story from his teenage years uh, through to kind of his late 20s when he was signed with Columbia Records. So what's interesting about the show is that it picks up the story when he is discharged from a psychiatric hospital where he was hospitalized through his teens. He was very depressed and, 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 and had a lot of anxiety about uh, various issues in his life that I go into in the show. And then from there, he moves to New York and forms his first band. And then he goes to London and he gets signed with the Beatles' Apple Records label. And, uh, and he's, he has this great ascent to fame, but alongside of that, he battles with his own self-doubt, anxiety, and ultimately um, uh, addiction to heroin, which is, was a, sort of a full-on part of his life for about 20 years. So I go into that and about, you know, talking about that, those stories, and also the stories behind a lot of the songs that people would know of James Taylor. Fantastic. And um, oh, before we go on, we might just quickly mention that for any listeners who are struggling with similar issues, there are um, helplines, of course. Absolutely. Go to. So there's Beyond Blue, one three hundred two two four six three six. 22 Kids Helpline for our young listeners at SIN, one eight hundred five five one eight hundred and Lifeline at 131114. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, please uh, get in touch with those lines if you need to. There's a lot of resources now that weren't around at the time of James Taylor. And, yeah, exactly. You know, it's a lot more help for people. So yeah, true. You know, but, get um, the help you need. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. But but having said that, though, do you think how do you think the sort of view of mental mental illness and um, and mental health and addiction might have changed in the music industry since um, James Taylor really came on the scene? Well, look, I, I think that being well, so let's take him as a, like a case study because yeah. um, he's a very interesting character. He he was very creative and receptive to energy around him. He's very sensitive kind of person, yeah. and so that played into a lot of his anxiety and his uh, his inability to really deal with a lot of kind of big issues in his life early on. Also, he came from a, a history. His family, uh, you know, were generally sort of, uh, from generation to generation were dealing with addiction and those kind of issues. And so it wasn't new to his family, but for him, the way that he dealt with it was to, first of all, seek hospitalization and try and, you know, get clean and everything, and then move into eventually 12-step programs and that kind of thing. And, and I think that, I mean, those kind of programs have been around for quite a long time now, but I think now there's a lot more recognition that mental illness 
illness is an illness which is treatable and you know manageable whereas maybe in those days there was a lot more thought about oh you're just a bit strange and you know when we're not going to be able to do anything with you which I think at times led James Taylor to feel quite isolated within the music industry. He's sort of a fairly shy person, and so he would use things like drugs and alcohol to make himself more comfortable in a, a situation where he was dealing with people. But, uh, yeah, I, I think now there's a lot more help for people, and, and there's a recognition that you don't have to suffer under those circumstances. You can get help, and that's really worth doing. Hmm. How, what do you think, yeah, just from per, sort of personal perspective, uh, the best way it is to kind of destigmatize um mental health without uh, i suppose fully romanticizing it especially yeah. In, yeah for sort of artists yeah well i i think it's important to tell real world stories about mm. about that stuff and uh to to really allow um your audience in to, to the extent that you're comfortable doing it but to allow audiences in to understand what it is you might be going through or experiencing because I think as a performer, as someone on stage in front of an audience, there's the responsibility to bring people into an understanding that they're not alone. So, for instance, if I have an issue with some particular aspect of my life, if I talk about that on stage, someone who's listening to it will say, oh, I, I have a similar issue, so now I don't feel so alone. There's a sense of community that's generated through that statement. So I think that's really important. And as you say, not romanticizing it and not saying, yes, all artists are alcoholics or all artists are dysfunctional and have to sit alone and create. There are many, many artists that I know, including myself, who are who are not um, suffering, you know, under any addiction or, or illness of any sort and productive and creative and just a functional human, you know, in the world. And uh, when we're all, to whatever extent, functional humans, but, you know, you don't have to be, to be an artist, you don't have to be tortured and angst-ridden. That's definitely true. You can be happy. Yeah. You can be a happy artist. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Fantastic. Um, mm. I know, of course, you've done quite a lot of emceeing um, in your time as well. So when you were just talking there about, you know, connecting with an audience by sharing personal experience and kind of making them feel less alone, is that yeah something you come across sort of in... In that the, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I guess I should mm. define when I, when we're talking yeah. about MC work. It's yeah. more like standing in front of a crowd and, <laughs> and being the host of an event, oh, yeah. rather than uh, you know being on turntables or rapping or whatever. But mm. uh, but the um, yeah, look, it depends on the event what's appropriate mm. to share. But yeah, obviously, you know, being authentic, people can tell immediately whether you're being authentic or not. And if you're being authentic. People tend to pay you attention because they feel like there's a real communication going on. Whereas mm. if there's some amount of kind of facade or artifice in what you're doing, sometimes people can turn away from that and think that that's not relevant because it doesn't have the ring of truth to it. So mm. for me, doing a show like the James Taylor show, it's not my story. Like mm. I'm telling his stories and I'm singing his songs, even though I've written the story. But what there is, is I guess my reaction to his stories is, is an authentic experience that I've had that I want to share with an audience. And people seem to really, really respond to that. It's very strong. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to sort of have my own authenticity bound up in another story, as it were. Right. Do you remember what your introduction was to, to the work and to the life of James Taylor? And yeah, I, yeah. I, I certainly do. Hmm. So um, back when I was uh, in my mid-teens, I guess it would have been, I hmm. was uh, starting to play guitar and I went to my local library. In those days, we had these buildings called libraries and, uh, and they were <laughs> filled with books and things, but hmm. they also had these little 
plastic things called cassette tapes and you would get them and put them in a machine and, and press go and it would play music. It was kind of amazing at the time. And anyway, I went to my local library and got a bunch of cassettes of all different people who I thought might be interesting to listen to. And one of them was a, a James Taylor um, cassette and I was immediately taken with the fact that right in the front of the music was this guitar playing and this picking and it was really strong and, and his voice was kind of, it was a good voice, it was strong and singing about good stuff and I guess I really responded to his authenticity um, but for me as a like a little budding guitarist I just mm. wanted to learn all of those arrangements and of course in those days I didn't have really any of the skills I needed to do that so um, coming back to that after you know 30 years of guitar playing and picking up those songs again and really tearing them apart and reassembling them has been an amazing an amazing time so it's sort of taken me back to my teens and the, the way I start the show I just I'm playing on my own playing uh, a little little excerpt of um Take to the highway, won't you lend me your name? Your way and my way seem to be one and the same. So I, I play this little song to start with. And, uh, and it's just like I'm sitting in my bedroom on my bed just kind of playing this song. And it just it really takes me right back. And it's a lovely, authentic place. And then the audience... Um, Yes, would you like me to play a song now, Christian? Would that be a good thing? Oh, absolutely. Yes, what would you like to play? So um, that's a song called uh, Country Road. I'm not going to play that one for you right now, but I'm going to play a song called Carolina In My Mind. And uh, it's uh, it's about kind of where James Taylor was raised. He he grew up in the uh, countryside of North Carolina and a beautiful rural area that he was in. And the song he, this song he wrote when he was in London uh, towards the middle of 1968, and he's really missing his home and missing his family, looking back on that. And so he writes this song. And partway through the song, he refers to the words in the song are, the holy host standing around me. And what he's referring to is uh, the Beatles, which who he was recording with at the time. And uh, they were like his idols. And then he went to London and he got signed by the Beatles and, uh, and then he was recording with them. So this is the song. It's called Carolina In My Mind. In my mind I'm going to Carolina can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't it just like a friend of mine to hit me from behind? Yes, I'm going to Carolina in my mind. Well, Karen, she's a silver sun. You best walk away and watch it shining. Watch her watch the morning come. Silver tear appearing now I'm crying and I Yes I'm going to Carolina in my mind There ain't no doubt in no one's mind that loves the finest thing around Whispers something soft and kind Oh baby the sky's on fire I'm dying and I Yes, I'm going to Carolina in my mind Well, in my mind I'm going to Carolina 
Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't it just like a friend of mine to hit me from behind? Yes, I'm going to Carolina in my mind. Dark and silent late last night, I think I might have heard the highway calling. Geese in flight and dogs that bite. Signs that might be omens say I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to Carolina in my mind With a holy host of others standing around me But still I'm on the dark side of the moon And it seems like this goes on like this forever you must forgive me If I'm up and gone to Carolina In my mind In my mind I'm gone to Carolina Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't it just like a friend of mine To hit me from behind Yes, I'm going to Carolina in my mind Say nice things about me cause I'm gone There ain't no doubt about me I'm gone, solid gone Gone to Carolina in my mind Thank you so much for that. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, Christian. Wow. And yeah, he's, he's, I, um, I can remember seeing like a fairly recent performance that he did of that as well. Like he's still, yeah. Oh, he's absolutely still performing. Yeah. And his, uh, yeah. Mm. So he, he's a self-taught guitar player. And uh, so his guitar technique is kind of quite unique mm. to him. And I've had to really learn that technique in order to play a lot of the songs. Yeah. But I'm very lucky. I have a fantastic band with me for this mm. show. Some really great uh, Melbourne performers like Bruce Hames on keyboards, uh, mm. Doug Robertson on bass, uh, Steve Rando on guitar. And I've got the fantastic Lisa Hanley, who's a, a beautiful, um, quite new to the scene of Melbourne uh, music theatre performer and she's playing the part of Carol King, Carly mm. Simon and Joni Mitchell so there's like covering all of that side of the story as well so really pleased to be having them all with me at the Caravan Club. Wow, fantastic and um, I'll just mentioning uh, Carol King there as well like I can remember hearing a bit of um, like a, a live performance of, again that she did uh, of a song that um, between her and James Taylor like quite a few years after uh, I guess it was first written and I think she said her you know picking it up again her, her brain didn't quite remember it but her fingers did and her heart did yes yes, yes that's very true and certainly I, quote, I know yeah. what it is to, to pick mm. up these songs after 30 years and, and that you know they're yeah. in my songs but uh, yeah. yeah James Taylor and Carol King met in uh, mm. LA at the, a place called the Troubadour which mm. was a music venue in LA and um, they were really part of the new songwriters movement that was happening right in 1970 and it really revolutionised music in terms of people speaking authentically about their experiences and their lives and he was very much at the forefront of that movement so yeah it's, it's good from that aspect too I get to talk about that <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. So it's um. So like the course of the show, will it, will it be sort of like yeah? You're talking about these things like in between playing the songs. And, yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. There's probably mm. about thirty songs in the show that we do, oh, wow. and yeah. uh, so it's a, it's a mm. big night of music. And mm. then in between the songs and within yeah. the songs as well, often I'll I'll have a you know a little riff that I'll start doing. Say you know, talk about some aspect of the show that he's doing, uh, you know, some aspect of the story, and um, so it's really fun to have a band on stage that's flexible like that, and you can get them to vamp on something while while I'm having a chat about some aspect of the story, and yeah, people really seem to like that too. Ah, oh, fantastic! And uh, has it um, will it be much different from um, like the Melbourne premiere? Uh, two years ago? Or? It has been yeah. rewritten. Um, I've been uh, talking to a friend of mine who's a, a screenwriter in LA and we've been uh, back and forth with the script a few times. So it has been tightened up. A mm. couple of songs cut, a couple of songs added. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a, a refreshing of the show, but essentially this, a similar show to what was at Chapel Off Chapel back in 2015. But And I have uh, big plans to tour it all, all around Australia and even possibly you know beyond Australia. So that would be great. Oh wow, that's definitely exciting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thirty thirty songs is a lot, but but I suppose like still not really that that many compared to it's it's not his full body of work. No, yeah. no, certainly not. Yeah, mm. and uh, you know it really only goes up to about nineteen seventy six, so it covers mm. about ten years worth of his early career. But yeah. there's enough material there, and with a bit of the Carol King and and Carly Simon stuff, there's there's a, a good a good amount of songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a lot, a lot of favourites for for fan uh, exactly. for fans, I'm sure, will be in there as well. But uh, but any, do you think there's any in there that um, you know maybe are not so well known that people oh, get definitely. to discover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. There's a song called "Lo and Behold," which is uh, mm. kind of a bit of an environmental song. Actually, oh, it's yeah. about uh, you know that people shouldn't be developing land, which is kind of given to us by you know a divine hand, as it were. I mean, that's his mm. that's his take on it. But mm. there's a big theme in uh, James Taylor's work as uh, of nature as his church, as it were. Like that's mm. his kind of what he comes back to is his spirituality, and so there's a few songs in there about that. Yeah, um, yeah look, there's a bunch of songs that people may not have heard, and uh, mm. and then probably all the ones that you would know as well. Fire and rain, of course, is the huge big hit that everyone would know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> You've got a friend. Um, mm. How sweet it is was a cover he did, as well as uh, yeah, looks a bunch of great songs in there. Mm, yeah, and and of course the one he just played for us. That's yeah, yeah another classic. That's too. in there absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Wow. Um, well, yeah, thank you so much again for, for coming in. This was a yeah great to chat. Thanks for the performance as well. Yep, you're very welcome, Christian. And uh, I'd love to see anyone there. June the mm. 10th at the Caravan Club. Bookings through caravanmusic.com.au. And, uh, yeah, it'll be wonderful, a great night, and we'll pack as many people in as we can. <laughs> wonderful. And it's um yeah called James Taylor, Bittersweet and Low. That's it. Yes. Thanks so much again, and uh, best of luck with the um, future of the show yeah hope it does do fantastically well in Australia and beyond so you just tease there yeah thank you very much be fantastic